Today's reading is called Release by Peter Fredericks. I wish I were like the trees who let their leaves go gracefully without regret, or the tumbling stream that flushes silt to sea, exchanging murkiness for blessed clarity, or the dandelion who bows its head to the subtle breeze, unleashing its future without fear or loss. Instead, I drive white-knuckled, defensive, as we were taught, tense and guarded for what might come my way. I keep a death grip on my life. If you asked me for my dying wish, it would not be for 10 more wishes. It would be to let go of wishing anymore. Wishing I'd made different choices and I didn't hurt you as I did. And to forgive and forego those old and dusty grudges that I keep like pictures in a shoebox beside my bed. I long to embrace my life with a lover's touch, or as you would an injured wren, precious, tender, true. Instead, regret and fear, twin anchors, hold me fast, close in against the shore. Cast off, cast off, I hear them call from the open, exotic lands my heart yearns for. But the waters in between my here and theirs hold unknown hazards, unlike this dark, familiar port. This day a prayer to ease my grip on what once was or what is meant to be, that I might find myself content to drift and float upon life's boundless sea. Holding a grudge is like drinking rat poison and expecting the other person to die. Who said that? Any ideas? I've done the internet research, so I have some answers. And it actually depends on who you ask, or rather, what website you believe. One website attributed that quote to Nelson Mandela. That makes sense. Another gave credit to Malachi McCourt, the man who wrote Angela's Ashes. A third said that the quip belonged to the late actress Carrie Fisher, may she rest in peace. And a fourth credited literature from Alcoholics Anonymous. And perhaps my favorite, a fifth site gave credit to the Buddha, because you probably can't go wrong giving credit to the Buddha. Although I'm not sure if they had rat poison back then. So. The point is, it's a well-known phrase, one I'm sure that most of you, if not all of you, have heard before, and it has all the great aspects of a good quote. It's short, it's funny, it grabs your attention, and it shines a brief, very bright light on a truth that probably most of us would not dispute. And yet, and yet, how well do we all actually live by that truth? 
So I will start off by saying I have lots of grudges. So I am not standing here as some kind of paragon of virtue and forgiveness. It's very, very easy to hold a grudge. And in many cases, I think holding grudges actually makes us feel better, at least temporarily. Resenting someone else or something else for hurting us or doing us wrong in some way allows us for a very brief moment to take the microscope off of ourselves. See, we humans, as I'm sure you already know, being human, are incredibly self-critical. Even those of us who carry a fair amount of grace and humor for ourselves can get caught in vicious cycles of self-judgment. It's who we are. Nobody is immune from it. But when we nurse a grudge, we can stop scrutinizing and judging ourselves. For a brief moment, we get to direct that scrutiny at another person. And for many people, that can be a relief. For me, grudge holding is a bit like living in fantasy land. A really good grudge allows me to dream up all sorts of revenge scenarios where the person finally gets their comeuppance. I am proven right and I get to win. How often do we feel like we get to win in our day-to-day -day life? Because in our hyper-competitive society, it's a lot about winning, isn't it? A lot about beating the other person, coming out on top, overcoming the odds. So no wonder people hold grudges. Because A, it gives us a break from criticizing ourselves, and B, it really fuels our fantasies about winning, which is something that's important in this culture that we have. But what happens next? What happens after you win? Like the people in our Wonderbox story in the town of Grudgeville, at first it feels really good to carry all those grudges around. It tells you who you are and tells you where you come from and what your ancestors are about. But after a while, all you're doing is carrying around a big heavy bag of rocks. You can't see the sky, you can't see each other, you can't stretch your arms up over your head. You're left there hunched over staring at the ground and who wants that, really? But the problem is there are countless opportunities for grudges. The world is full of turmoil and anger and strife these days. Our political divide, I don't need to tell you this, is deeper than ever, and it seems as though everyone's just standing on one side shouting at the other. And it feels like, especially if you spend any time on social media, which I pray for all of you that you don't, it feels like there are people just lining up looking for their opportunity to be insulting or offensive. Nothing feels sacred anymore. There just seems to be an overload of hurt and disrespect, which I find, frankly, frustrating and overwhelming. And you could, a lot of people do, spend your time being really angry and resentful about all of that. I do sometimes. I'll admit I spend more time than I would like running in that hamster wheel, but you could also try to find a way to let it go, even if only for a moment. Put down that bottle of rat poison and step away to see what forgiveness feels like. Forgiveness for each other, for being our imperfect human selves. Forgiveness for the world, for being broken and harsh. Forgiveness for ourselves for trying and failing to be perfect, for trying and failing to win.
So when we are physically hurt, common sense tells us to find a way to heal the wound. If you broke your leg, you wouldn't refuse the surgery to put your bone back together. You wouldn't refuse the cast that would help your bone mend. You wouldn't refuse the physical therapy that strengthens your muscles again so you can walk on your leg. You wouldn't refuse any of that, would you? Well, when we have a grudge, when we're wounded emotionally, holding that grudge is refusing healing. We're nursing that wound, keeping it open, and denying ourselves the medicine that forgiveness can provide. Our faith calls us to forgive, by the way. The inherent worth and dignity of every person, which is our UU first principle, means forgiving the guy who cuts you off in traffic, the family member or friend who insults you, the politician that says things that make your, your blood boil, they all have inherent worth and dignity, just like you and just like me, which means that they are all worthy of forgiveness. Now, it would be a lot if I stood up here and asked you to forgive the entire world of all of its dysfunction. That's a tall order. I'm not going to ask you to do that today. But I am going to ask you to forgive one person for one thing that they did, allowing that wound that you're nursing to close over. Or, if you came in here today not, not nursing any grudges, not having anyone to forgive, is there something you need to forgive in yourself? Is there something you've done or failed to do that you cannot let go of? Forgiveness is a process. You have to work at it, but slowly you can see that putting down those grudges feels so much better than carrying them on your back like a sack of rocks. My dad likes to say, hatred only corrodes the carrier that contains it. Dad, you made it into my sermon. I'll say that one more time. Hatred only, only corrodes the, the carrier that contains it. And at the end of the day, do you really, really want to spend your energy being resentful of others? We're all busy people. We all have lots to do. Our calendars are overflowing. Why would we spend our, our precious energy on holding grudges against other people? For me, that's the best reason to let go. My time is valuable. I have a lot to do. And I don't want to spend all my energy on being resentful of other people. I want to roll back my shoulders and reach for the sky. I want to see the tops of the trees. I want to look into all of your eyes seeing the joy of being alive reflected in your faces. I want to hold on to the wonder and delight of nature. I want to love my family and my friends and give thanks again and again for the grace of being alive. I want to be thankful that I get to know what it means to be human. So, as we move into this new year, just a few days away, Think about what you want to leave behind in this year. What do you want to let slip from your back to the ground so that you can stand up and stretch your arms to the sky? Let it go, friends. Let it go. Amen.